Hello, welcome to Spiritual Chill Bill. My name is Maria. And my name is Kimberly. Welcome. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. So today we have Brie Brown on the podcast. Sorry, I kind of like jumped and talked over her. So we have Brie Brown on the podcast and she is an entrepreneur and a mother and a wife and a woman extremely passionate about uh, spirituality and self-development. And she's gone through her own journey of self-healing uh, and that's how I found her and I felt very inspired by her story. And since like this is Spiritual Chill Pill and we are focused on showing like real stories of people that are going through spirituality work, through self-healing work, mostly from like our own personal perspectives, but we don't want to narrow down to just like the perspectives of Kim and I. We also want to showcase other people that has gone through this process. And in the case of Rick, very successfully, mm -hmm. uh, she's a very successful entrepreneur. And I and and yeah and and mother and wife and I think like one of the key things uh, from your journey is like you managed to really manifest a reality that you feel very very happy in and is very accurate to what you desire. So yes, I want you to tell us a little bit more about your story and yeah this manifestation journey. Okay. <laughs> well, first, thank you so much for having me. Um, I am in my own continued work. I am really trying to branch out of my comfort zone and, um, you know, come from behind the blog or from behind my captions on Instagram um, and talk and, you know, meet people. Um, it's a little nerve wracking for me because I'm an introvert. Um, I think I've become more of an introvert, certainly with COVID and, you know, quarantine. Um, but I feel a calling to really tap into um, something that's completely out of my comfort zone. So again, thank you for giving me this opportunity mm -hmm. um, to manifest um, another, another um, way in which I can, I can touch, I can touch people in a profound way. Um, my journey has been a very interesting journey. Um, I am a mother and a wife for sure. Um, I'm also pregnant, so I'm going to be a, a, a mom again. Yeah, um, congratulations. congratulations! Yeah, so I'm, I have another baby boy um, due in August. So very excited about that. Um, but certainly during COVID, you know, being away from all the hustle and bustle and distractions of, of my social life, um, I have really done a lot of reflection. And I think that um, is translated in, again, you know, my profile and certainly the blog. Um, one of the biggest questions or most common, common questions I get is, you know, how did I start my spiritual journey? Where did it yeah. begin? Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and there's no particular day or really period of time, but I know that, um, you know, so much of, of my 20s and so much of people's lives in their 20s and 30s are dictated by, by their career. Yeah. And yeah, totally. <laughs> right? I can relate to that so exactly. much. Exactly. And I yes. mean, you know, the ebbs and flows of your career um, are perfectly aligned with the ebbs and flows of your mood, your confidence, you know, how high or low you vibrate. 
And I would say that probably in my young 20s, um, I was really professionally lost. Um, I knew that I knew that I wanted to teach English as a second language. That was my calling. And so that much was clear. Um, I went to France and I, I worked in France for a few years, but unfortunately I had a very, very uh, difficult encounter um, at a particular school where I faced, you know, real racism, um, oh, which wow. I had heard about, which I had heard about, you know, in parts of Europe for sure. But like coming from America and being African-American, it's like, it can't, it, yeah. It, you know, you're, you're kind of accustomed to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 But oh my being God. so young and being so far from my family and from my friends, I was completely caught off guard. And so I, you know, I left, I mean, at 22, you don't really have the resilience that you do at 33. And so instead of sticking it out and pushing through and demanding what I knew I deserved, I left. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was not my plan. That was not what I had intended when I moved to France. In fact, I told people I wasn't going to come back from France until I spoke English with a French accent. I mean, I was serious. Aww. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Okay. It sounds very relatable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, totally. you know, so I came back and, you know, here I am um, teaching English as a second language in an English speaking country. So I'm like, what? what am I supposed to do? Where where am I supposed to go with what I know I'm passionate about, but not knowing through what avenues I can, I can be, you know, this, this person that I know that I'm called to be. Um, So I got a job, you know, uh, teaching English um, as a second language and it was a part-time job. So again, you know, I wasn't making that much money. Um, And something that I talked about in the blog is that I um, very quickly, you know, moved into a condo. I bought a condo at like 24, 25, because at the time um, there were family members who were very, very dominant in my life. And that's where where I was told, you know, to invest my money and to do it at a young age. And so, again, when you're lost, primarily from your career, but (laughs) primarily from your career, but certainly emotionally physically, um, you know, I just, I just did it. Um, another thing with France that is important is that I, um, was dating someone. I had been dating someone for like five years and he and I got into a physical altercation Mm. regarding my desire to leave. Um, when I got back to America, I had scars on my neck, um, been strangled. Um, Oh my God. So again, it's like romantically, I was completely lost. He was the guy I thought I was going to marry. And professionally, I was lost because I was supposed to be in France. And finan- you know, financially, I was lost because I wasn't th- making that much money, but I loved what I did. Now I'm in this you know, $300,000 condo at 24, and, and I was just completely gone. So what happened then was was extremely transformative because when you vibrate at a very low frequency and you're not aware of it and at 24 what did i know about vibrations or exactly yeah i had no idea what did i know (laughs) when you're when you're that far gone then you start attracting things 
that are equally low in vibrations. And so I was in a place where I so desperately wanted companionship because misery loves company. Um, And so I manifested a relationship that was horrifically traumatic. Um, And that's the thing about manifestations. You can manifest, you know, a lot of times people think manifestations are all, you know, butterflies and sparkles and fairy dust, but manifestations can also be extremely dark um, because manifestations are, are, are tangible forms that come from the energy that you're putting out. So if you're putting out negative energy, you will manifest negative things. Um, if you are, you know, manifest, excuse me, putting out positive energy, then you will manifest positive things. Um, so I manifested a relationship that um, really shaped my life for sure. Um, but I've, I've, I found companionship in someone who, um, just could fundamentally could not give me what I thought I needed. And the things that he was giving me, um, ironically, I I also thought I needed. So I thought I needed companionship when really I, I needed to be alone. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I thought I needed, you know, um, laughter and distraction and going out and, you know, partying and drinking and, you know, smoke. I mean, all types of things. <laughs> yes. yes. I just needed to sit my ass down and like really sort through that ugly stuff that I was dealing with. But again, it was like, I had this, I was having fun. I was having fun. And yes all the the challenges that I faced in that relationship distracted me from from the things that that were eating at me because I was still lost professionally and I was still lost financially. But now I had this epic distraction, which was this man who, you know, wouldn't stop cheating on me. Yeah. Yeah. He just wouldn't stop. So I became very committed to fixing him instead of fixing myself. Yeah. Like then, I said, oh, this is this is perfect. Now, not professionally, but now I know what my job is. Right? My job is to fix him. I can help him treat me better. You know, maybe if I if I, you know, am very transparent and I speak to him and I tell him in a way that he can understand, you know, nonviolently and empathically. If I can speak to him in that way, then then maybe he can love me the way that I deserve to be loved. And maybe he can stop cheating. And then I, I even contorted it to saying, he's cheating on me because I'm doing something that is causing him to cheat on me. So yeah. if I figure out how to make it so he doesn't cheat on me, then we'll be okay. Mm. Oh, so like self-blame. Oh, guilt. So much guilt. I was already there, right? Mm -hmm. I faced racism in France because I wasn't good enough. Because I'm Black. Because, you know, I didn't deserve a position at this school because, you know, I'm this and I'm that. And as, as, as house poor as I was, again, uh, professionalism and, and finances, strongly dictate how well 
or how poorly you see yourself. So I, you know, the, the self blame, I was already accustomed to that. I had been doing that for years. Right. Yeah. So, but again, instead of working through it, because that is extremely uncomfortable. I said, no, no, let me yeah. work on him. Yeah. So for three years, um, I did everything. I, I poured everything into this relationship and was constantly mistreated. And then there was a point where um, I just started noticing certain patterns. Um, I, I, you know, he would leave and he would, I don't know, he would leave the condo for a bit and I'd be at home and I'd be crying and crying and crying and crying. And maybe after two of those three years, you know, I'm just like, damn, I'm crying a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good realization. Why? Yeah. I was always crying. And at the time, you know, before I got pregnant, I was a smoker. I smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I am like chain smoking in my condo and I'm crying all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. what love is supposed to feel like, but I don't think it's supposed to feel like this. And that was the that was the beginning of an extremely transformative process, because then I just started that 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 pulling away process where you can really see somebody for who they are, but more importantly, you can see yourself. So, yeah. within the two of the three years, I had gained probably like 50, 60 pounds. Um, and so I, you know, very slowly started to work out. I was starting to work out more and more and more. I had moved positions and I was making a little bit more money. So again, it's like all these other things are starting to, to build. And that's what you got to understand is that the healing process is not linear, nor is it fast. Mm-hmm. It is a slow, often a slow you know, circular, cyclical, <laughs> anything yes. but linear. Yeah. But again, when you're when you're on the other side of it, you look back and you're like, wow, things were really starting to fall in place the minute I decided that I was worthy of something. Wasn't quite sure what yet, but I knew that whatever it was, it was better than what I was in because I was at rock bottom. It could not have gotten any worse. <laughs> so, you know, I'm losing weight. Um, I got out of the condo. So I sold the condo, um, which caused a year and a half long, like break from um, a family member. Uh, yeah. We just weren't speaking, um, but that was healthy. And I realized at the time that although that was hard, that was also one of the first relationships that I purposefully and intentionally walked away from in order to maintain or even to help develop some peace. Yeah. Yes. 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 I walked away from the condo. I walked away from a different job to get a, to get a new job. Um, And I walked away from that relationship with that family member. Then it was like all eyes turned towards my ex and poor thing just didn't stand a chance because I had, I had, I was, I was walking down this beautiful path where I was walking away from certain things and towards myself. 
which I had never done in my life. And it was lonely and it was very scary because I didn't know what walking towards myself meant. I didn't know what it would look like, but I knew that everything that I was leaving behind catapulted me to a different level of peace, to a different level of like bliss. So I moved into an apartment, um, you know, I sold the condo, moved into an apartment, like in the perfect part of DC mm-hmm. for like a young, you know, mid 20 year old. It was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and there was one incident that had happened with my ex because we kept making up and breaking up and making up and breaking up, making up, breaking up. There was one incident that happened. Um, and that's when I was like, I literally put my hand on his chest and I was like, um, I love you. But I, not even I can't, because people will tell you that you can, but I will not keep doing this. So I'm going to go. When I come back, I need all of your stuff, including your energy, out. And so I came back, uh, you know, I left, came back, he was gone. And I had done a little work. I already knew, I had already known, you know, a little bit about like saging and like cleansing your space. And so I had already had a sage and I I opened all those windows. I cleansed that space. And when I tell you the feeling, the feeling of having that energy out of that apartment was was palpable. Mm, It was almost as if I could taste it. So that was also a big mark in my spiritual journey because I realized, wow, <laughs> staging works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, totally. It really works. Like it really feels brand new in here. Um, so then, you know, I, I made certain choices in my career and I launched my own business because I realized I have a very unique approach to teaching and my approach is not worth $20 an hour with no benefits. Yeah, that's so, um, yeah. That's if really, I have, really cool. If I have to carve out my own little, you know, business or niche or, or way of making money to do what I want the way that I want, charging what I know I deserve, then so be it. The whole world opened up. Um, yeah. What's interesting is, when I broke up with my ex, it was early 2016. I lost probably 40 pounds. I mean, I was like not playing. I had really finally tapped into what it meant to be completely aligned. Yeah. My relationship with that family member um, shifted and we were, you know, now talking again, but there were very, I mean, there were concrete boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And what that person still to this day knows is that you cannot control me. And I forgive that person because I allowed it. And that's the part in shadow work that people really have a tough time acknowledging. But you allow some of the treatment that happens to you particularly when it comes to like emotional mistreatment. I mean, physical, it's a little tricky because sometimes people can literally be overpowered. However, emotional abuse is often relinquishment of control. You give somebody the opportunity to beat you 
emotionally. And you, and you can take your power back. That's the thing. You can take it back. And they may not like it. In fact, most people, once you take your own power back, they don't know how to function around you. They don't know who you are strong. They don't recognize you. And so they don't yeah. know what position to fill in your life. And so again, that's other work that you have to do. Mm -hmm. So I had established a, when I say, you know, brick wall barrier, um, again, it, it made that person uncomfortable, but it made me happy. And so I, I unfortunately don't care, you yeah. know, what, how, how you receive boundaries that I need. And, that's and that's, really another strong. Thing, that's another thing people struggle with is they think that's selfish. It's being arrogant. It's being self-absorbed. It is called mm -hmm. self-preservation. It is how we enjoy life exactly. and it must be done. Yes. Um, you know, with the business, again, some certain boundaries also had to be in place because it's like, this is my price. And if you don't like it, we don't have to work together. <laughs> yeah, that's so strong. Yeah. Bravo for that. That's you very know, strong. As a young black woman, you know, there are, there are going to be tons of people who go, come on, you, you're going to charge this much. And it's like, mm, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. And if that means I have fewer clients, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Because I'm in alignment. I'm in alignment. So whatever yeah. happens is going to be in perfect alignment with what I had intentionally started this business with, which was yeah. a very clear vision. And it's been six years that I've run the business. And now, you know, I'm contracted with the government. And I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, and then, you know, the most important thing, not most important, but the funniest thing is that, um, you know, I was, um, I am 420 friendly. I think 420 is a very, you know, not 420, but I think cannabis is medicine. And, yeah. um, and I, you know, enjoy the consumption of, of cannabis. So I was, um, I think I was either by myself. I want to say I was by myself in my apartment and I had a very, very, very clear visualization of this man and it oh, came wow. out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. And I think if you had probably been looking at me, you would have been like, Brie, are you there? Because I, I just saw him and he was tall and he had this beard and he had these beautiful eyes and I could smell him. And, I, and most importantly, I felt, I could feel his energy. And I saw myself crying on my mom's lap because I was so happy And it was uncomfortable being that happy. And I, wow. I saw this whole thing and I immediately wrote it down. Okay. okay. I wrote down the, the, <laughs> the very description of this man. And I wrote down the song that we danced to at our wedding because it was all in this, it was like a dream, like a daydream. That's yeah, like a daydream. But it's super interesting that you said that you felt... Uh, so you you use some exact words that you felt like you shouldn't be that happy. Yeah, yeah. Because joy, when all you know is pain, is extremely uncomfortable and yes. unfamiliar. Yes. Yeah. And so often people self sabotage because it's like, oh no 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 no, this isn't real. This isn't real. And if it is real, someone's going to take it away. It's not going to last long. So yeah. before before I can be disappointed again. Let me screw this up somehow. 
Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like self sabotage oh, behavior. You yeah. Know it. You don't. It's unfamiliar. It's uncomfortable. Like it, it. You know. In terms of energy work, joy is a high vibration. So if you are constantly, if you are very accustomed and even comfortable lo- vibrating at a low frequency, anything that is a high frequency feels like you're being shaken up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So automatically you're going to, you're going to, um, what's the word? Reject it because you don't know what it is. We yeah. call um, it an upper limit problem in one of the books that we read Yeah, in, uh, in the book club, they called it an upper limit problem where you're, yeah, where you're just so used to being down that whenever you feel up, you start creating new problems so you can go back yeah. down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're too uncomfortable. Way too uncomfortable. And, and you know, generally speaking, alignment is often very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is very uncomfortable because all of your energy, all of your energy is recycled into yourself when for so long we're told, you know, to have empathy and to care for other people and to take care of other people. And if other people are sad or they're dealing with trauma and you can help them, then help them give your energy, give it, give it, give it, give it, give it, give it. And then you stop for a second and you realize, holy shit, I don't have anything. Yeah. I'm completely depleted. And what's worse is that even when you are depleted, often people keep giving because that's what we're taught to do. Yeah. And for so many, particularly women who are inherently, you know, maternal and who are inherently nurturing, we will give until we literally have nothing else. And then we'll keep giving after that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially especially if you're a wife and or a mother, you are told that that is your job. Exactly. Yeah. And so you, you, And so when, when you have opportunities to feed your spirit, you know, they have whole words, mom guilt and, and shame and being self-centered. I mean, there are so many stigmas around recycling your own energy, but that is, is if not the first step in true alignment, then it's certainly in the top three. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Or that you think too much of yourself. I think that's one of like, oh yeah, just she, she thinks too much of herself. She thinks that's better than anyone else. Oh yeah. And it's like this guilt put onto you because you just don't accept the same things as before. Exactly. And you're like not willing to give the same things as before, like you said. And then people feel very uncomfortable because they're not oh, yeah. sure. You mentioned it earlier. You, they're not sure then what place do they have in your what, life what, or like what is the interaction? Where do I sit? And that's the thing. That's the thing. People ask questions like that. And it's like, it's not about you. This is my, my self-preservation is not about you. And if you were in alignment, you would realize that. That wherever you fall in my life is how exactly you're supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. And so it's interesting, you know, just how much people demand from you without you even realizing it. And they don't even realize it either because we're so conditioned to lean on other people. Yes. Be there for other people. And so the word no, which... It took me 20, let's see, maybe 28 years to really get comfortable with the word no. And I'm going to be real with y'all. 
I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with saying no now. Yeah. Fear mm-hmm. of yeah. disappointment, of hurting someone often outweighs the need for self-preservation because we're human. Exactly. You know, 100%. and so truthfully, it's just, you know, it's finding a balance and it's knowing that if you say no, you are perfectly and entirely entitled to saying that. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, you cannot yeah, pour yeah. from an empty cup. It was, yeah. It's funny. I had a thought the other day where I always say, what, what, what would love do? Because I'm either acting in fear or I'm acting in love. And I was in a situation where I, I said, what would love do? And usually then I would think about uh, the other person and I would do something loving for them. But I was, I was thinking, what would love do? And I got this strong intuition. You take care of yourself right now. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, okay, that's the transition of how I would usually act. And I decided to choose myself in that moment. Right. Yeah, that's and kind that, of what you're saying. That's, that's one of the most incredible steps anyone can take. Mm-hmm. And, and what unfolds after just that little decision will blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Now I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> I, can, I can promise you that. I can promise you that because we are all created with our own divinity. And if literally my son was born with his own divine power and abilities and society, environment, you know, family can pull him further and further and further away from his own divinity. And he may live a beautiful life based on that, but a life of alignment and incredible manifestation starts with him choosing to tap into his own divinity. Yeah. And and so many of us realize later, which is fine because divine timing is powerful, we discover only later, holy shit, I I am divine. Yeah. Everything I need, everything I need is right here. Yeah. You were born with it. It's it has been there. I don't know how old either one of you are, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> For however long you've been on this planet, in this realm, and if you can come back to it and really revel in it, then everything else, everything else is, 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 is a perfect manifestation of you choosing you. Wow. Yeah. So it's yeah. unlearning, right? It's unlearning. Absolutely. All the limits, all these limiting beliefs. Yeah. Instead of trying to learn spirituality and learn the all these techniques to manifest, yeah. it's unlearning all the shit you put on yourself. Yes, it's literally. It's like imagine. <laughs> I don't think it's. I mean, babies are born butt ass naked. Yeah. yeah, and they go through life putting on layers and layers and layers and layers of beautiful things, right? but also layers of fear, depression, anxiety, stress, doubt, yeah. um, you know, lack of self-confidence, you know, questioning who they are, their identity. And when you shed all those layers and come right back to source, like I always refer yeah. to these as like the universe and source because you have it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Come back home. You know, people talk about getting to your higher self. And I often try to say returning to your higher self. Uh, So beautiful. Yeah. That's totally, totally on point. It's here. And, you know, 
separately, I, I say with my son, it's like, I want to do everything in my power to, you know, like a gardener, right? So you plant a seed and the seed is, is a rose and it don't matter, it don't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what lighting you put it in or what pot you, it's a rose. Mm-hmm. And yes. so you can help it become the healthiest, most beautiful rose in the garden, or you can manipulate it to create a lily and it'll end up dying. Yeah. And wow. as, a plant, as a plant mom, you know, I know what my <laughs> plants are and I give them what they need, knowing that they're going to do whatever the hell they're going to do regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with my children, my one and a half babies, I want to nourish them in a way that they they don't have to unlearn shit. Wow. Yeah. From, that from the beginning, Josiah knows his divinity and knows how to tap into it when he needs to. That is because so beautiful. He's going to face trauma and pain and heartache. But if he has his self-care or spiritual practice in touch, he, he can come back. That to and, me is and, the yeah. most important. Yeah, and much quicker because I think, well, um, I'm in my mid-30s, so uh, in my generation, no one talked about this. No one even talked about mental health. Like, I think I was depressed on my teenage years. That was not a subject. That was not even a thing. Uh, I never learned anything about anxiety or depression until I was in, like, my late 20s. So imagine spirituality. That's something that even less and coming from a religious country it's like what are you talking about uh we only had it i come from south america so we like the closest thing to spirituality will be something like oh it's like santeria or it's like bad or evil and it's like there are so many layers of it that you they make you so disconnected from it and then starting your path with that advantage because you get nurtured into that society i'm really looking forward to see what the next generation is going to look like because that's how i want to raise my children and i think they're going to look so different Mm -hmm. like yeah absolutely a hundred percent um i i i think i became not i think i absolutely was certain that spirituality is as powerful as I had always heard it was, but was a little too nervous to tap into because you're right. You're raised to think that it's blasphemous. It's demonic. It's witchcraft. Oh my God, that's me. I'm going through this so hard. I was raised with that. So every time I start getting excited about it, like for example, we recorded an episode twice about manifestation which I got so uncomfortable because of the programming that I have in my youth how like this is demonic and everything that we never put anything online so yeah yeah and I'm getting over it we had a we had someone was a modern witch who told we had going over the concept of like a a a closeted witch (laughs) (laughs) you like hide away from it so I'm getting a lot more comfortable but like you said like that's how I was raised and I was very that's this podcast is opening up for me as well which is not a coincidence yeah Yeah, (laughs) exactly but yeah I mean um I've I've my you know Ironically, my mom, you know, calls me a little witch, which I think is actually so flattering. (laughs) So flattering that you think that I have that much power. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, great. Um, But, 
you know, down to the visualization of of that of this man. I think that that's when it really when I was like, oh wow, okay, so we've tapped into some powerful shit. <laughs> but I um like I said, wrote it down and you know, months went by where I was just floating. I was just floating through the summer of 2016, fall of 2016. I was healthy and happy. My business was growing. I was making some money. Um, and, you know, a girlfriend, not even a girlfriend, like a, a former coworker who I hadn't talked to in probably over a year and a half, you know, asked me if I wanted to go to, to the Kanye West concert. And okay. like, I'm not a rap girl. Like I'm a very neo soul kind of <laughs> eclectic, super kind of weird music. Yeah. Um, very vibey though. Um, but like, I'm not a Kanye West fan, let alone a rap concert goer. But she said she had a VIP ticket. So I'm like, okay, well that's free drinks. And you yeah. know, <laughs> friends of mine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we, you know, we go, we have a good time. Um, I meet up with my friends later. We're having, you know, a great time by this point. Um, you know, my homegirl orders an Uber and she gets, uh, we get into the Uber. She gets in the back with her boy- boyfriend at the time. I hop in the front and like, you know, I've been drinking. Like I'm single. Yeah. I am blissful. I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to hide. I am just <laughs> floating. Mm-hmm. Um and there was some song that came on the radio. And remember, I said I was kind of like, not weird, but like very eclectic in my music selection. And it was one of my favorite songs. So I'm like, you know, I look at the radio and I look at the man driving and I just, I mean, he was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what was so crazy is that I like felt like I recognized him. And it wasn't so much that it was his face because it was dark. I had been drinking. Things were kind of blurry anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I like recognized his energy. Like I've, I've recognized how I felt. And very long story short, you know, we're married. That's my husband now. You married your Uber yeah. driver. <laughs> I, I married my Uber driver. Oh and it God, was. This is like incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he's, you know, he's tall. He's got a full beard. He's. He always smells very, very good. Like, I, I don't think in the past four years, I don't think he's ever really, like, smelled bad. <laughs> yeah. But, like, maybe I'm just so in love that, like, his must smells good to me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, I mean, we met, and, you know, a year to the day, we moved in together. Um, and everyone was like, no, I mean, you moved in with your ex, and you remember how horrible that was. And, again, you have these Trying external to bring forces. You back. That's what I'm saying. Bring you That's back. <laughs> it's not their fault because they were pro- they were protecting me. They yeah. saw how far down I had been taken that they didn't want that to happen again. And as friends, that's kind of what I expect. Yeah. Um, and I was told, you know, do not move in with him. Y'all can, it's only been a year from the day you met him. Like it had only been a few months since we like had made it official. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yo, like, I mean, you know, worse comes to worse. If it doesn't move, work out, then you can move again. And I just felt like, you know what? You know, when you when you tap into your own divinity, I'm like, look, if it doesn't work, great. Yeah. <laughs> if it does work, great. 
Yeah. <laughs> but when you are vibrating that high, you literally feel like, no- I mean, I-, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. And even married to my husband, I would be devastated. God forbid it didn't work, but I would be okay. Yeah. I'd yeah, be okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's I- an experience at the end of the day. It doesn't make it less beautiful if it doesn't, it doesn't work out. It's beautiful. But most importantly, I know my path. I've seen it. Mm. I've seen it. I know my ability to manifest. I know my ability to come back to source. I know my ability to plug into source if I'm feeling depleted. But mm. I know that whatever happens, good, bad, or ugly, it is all supposed to happen. And, and so I just, I just enjoy him. I enjoy the life we've created. And thus far, it's been a son and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful. I, Go ahead, please. Oh, please. no, so sorry. I would love to know what is like one of your techniques to tap into your divinity when you feel yeah. depleted. I would love to know that. Writing. Nice. Writing. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I, I've, I've always considered myself a writer. And at one point I, you know, wrote for a newspaper in D.C., But writing for me takes everything that's in my mind, again, the good, bad, and the ugly, it, and it removes it and puts it on paper. Um, many people take it a step further and they like burn pieces of paper on which they write, you know, negative things. And like you could, but I like to keep it. Maybe it's kind yeah. of masochistic, but I like to keep it because I like to look back at that shit and be like, damn. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, I have journal entries from when I was with my ex and it's like, I don't recognize the woman who was writing those words, but that person was me. Mm, that's very powerful. Yeah. It's exactly. Like, recognizing your journey. It, it's like keeping maybe a garment that, that, that used to, you know, used to be too tight and you lose all the weight, you know, and you try it on again. It's like, wow, I've lost a lot of weight. Mm. You know what I mean? It's that's to me what journal entries are at the time. It's powerful because you you're releasing it. Yeah. Right? And so you're, you're releasing that negativity that is surrounding your divinity so that you can more easily access it. Yes. And yeah. once you start your path, once you start healing, then you have something to look back on to go, damn, look how far I've come. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Even, even most importantly, even if you're going through something right now, and I know you said, Maria, that you're going through something right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. To look back at some of the shit that you had survived brings your Absolutely. vibration up even higher than when it currently is, even though you're not a hundred percent right now. Yeah. It brings, yeah. it brings you back so that you're not sinking. Yes. Lower yes. and lower and lower. So for me, it's Definitely. writing. Um, I cleanse my space regularly. Yeah. Energy people, people really, you know, people don't, I don't, I don't really know how people see energy, but I think more and more people are really beginning to understand how powerful energy is. I was, yeah. I actually just witnessed that this week for the first time very strongly because it's all quite new to me. Mm-hmm. But 
I've been in a very like go-getter mentality for the past couple of months, basically doing more than I should be doing and not really taking care of myself too, too good. So mm -hmm. I left for a few days to go on a holiday mm -hmm. and I would come back in my apartment and I felt the energy of the, of the, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to finish this. And I was like, I need to change the energy in this room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt the pressure I left behind and I yeah. only noticed because I changed my energy on the trip. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. 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 It no, it's, Go ahead, please. No, no. Like it's definitely like insane. Like realizing like how much energy affects us, like energy from the environment. Yeah. I went through a similar thing. Um, yeah, like I think I explained this in another episode, but like having moving back into this house and I had to really, really do a very tough work mm -hmm. to, yeah, shift the energy around because it didn't serve me anymore to mm -hmm. have those energy patterns around and I needed to convert this living space into my own living space. Yeah. So, and it's so palpable when you tune into that. But also I know that at many times in my life, I've been completely oblivious mm -hmm. of it. So you do really, it's kind of like the, you can tune into it and then you become even more aware and you need it more. But yeah. also when you're not vibrating very high, you're extremely unaware. So it can also become a negative cycle. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's why to me, tapping into to your divinity and tapping into your power is what opens doors for you know, it's become a coin term, but manifestation, but it opens doors to being able to live a life that you deserve to live. And that that's what's most important. Um, I think, I think, like I said, you know, cleansing energy is extremely powerful. Um, and the thing is, we, we, we've had like sage, dried herbs, Palo Santo have, have been around for centuries. For ages, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they've they've been used for centuries. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But you know, certain religious institutions will say again, that's witchcraft, and it's this, and it's that, and it's this, and it's that. Yeah. But it it literally, I mean, smoke. You know, it's like when you burn something, smoke can fill the room, and it make it, it can make it very difficult to breathe. Yeah, yeah. So the smoke from a dried herb that cleanses energy instead of fills it up and makes it difficult to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Not only yes. the energy, but it makes it much easier to breathe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Precisely. And, yeah. and once you can breathe, once you can, I mean, that's why there's a whole industry of breath work. Then that's yeah. when you can, that's when you can really sit with shadow work, journaling, you know, you've got tons of crystal healing, meditation, sleep, People really don't understand the power of sleep um, oh and God, all yes. the things that you want to incorporate in your spiritual practice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep is so key. I was talking actually with a friend about sleep mm -hmm. and a doctor asked her, do you sleep well? And she's like, yeah, I sleep a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but do you sleep well? It's like, yeah, yeah, I sleep a lot. It's like sleeping a lot is not yeah, like, do you sleep well. soundly? Yeah. Like, do you sleep the right amount of hours? Right, right. Um, people wow. don't understand sleep. That's a super interesting subject, and we never talked about that. Yeah. We should mm -hmm. probably do an episode about that. Oh, and yeah. 
honestly, I could listen to you for hours. Like you started your story and I just went quiet and just wanted to, to <laughs> hear it been. all. Hang it off my seat. Yeah, (laughs) and you're such an amazing storyteller. Oh wow, thank you. No, trust me, you are an amazing storyteller. The way you tell your story, it's so good. I mean, like so. I mean, I mean, like oh my god, yes. And honestly, you did touch my heart a few times, like so many things resonated and gave me inspiration actually to like keep moving forward, especially with the whole healing thing is not linear. I got a little bit of spiritual ego across my, my journey of like, oh, deal with that trauma. It's gone now. It's like, this is great. I'm bliss. (laughs) And that, nope. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you so much for your time. I could honestly go on for another hour. And this was a really nice conversation. I want to let people know where can they find you like uh, for the description and about your business and everything. Yeah, so um, my Instagram is energy underscore vibration. Now, understanding my story, my handle makes a lot of sense. Yes, <laughs> um, totally. My, uh, my blog is Becoming Brie because, again, hearing my story, like my transformation really got me to a place where I became Brie. You see on Zoom, my name, my first name is Heather, but my middle okay. name is Brie. And um, my husband started calling me Brie and for the past, that's just been, everyone now calls me Brie. And I feel like the per- Brie is a little bit different from Heather. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, given the, the work that has gone, that I've gone through. Um, and yeah, I will be starting a YouTube channel soon. Woo! Um, I'm full oh, service. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> things like this, opportunities like this are, are affirmations that, that I can do it. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I think yes. I found it very useful. To, to hear that the things that I'm trying and the things that I'm going through are like not linear and like see other people's journeys, you know, I always find it very inspiring. And yeah, it just gives me a motivation to continue on that I'm on the right path, that I have everything that I need yeah. to, to, to do whatever I want. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing. This was very, You're very lovely. Welcome. Thank you so much for this opportunity. By the way, I want to have to do this in the podcast as well. It's very coincident. There's synchronicity that whenever Miri and I are going through something, we get a guest that tells us exactly what we need to hear. Yes. Yes. It's crazy. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Totally. Beautiful. Yeah, we started this as like a healing thing of like yeah let's talk about it I think and it's been working really well but yeah it's very amazing to see that the universe is actually sending us all the right people <laughs> yeah. yes you will soon realize there is nothing crazy about it <laughs> yeah that's true. again that's thank true. you so much that's and important. thank you everyone for listening um we really enjoyed this podcast and yeah. we'll see you next time thank you so bye. much bye thanks ladies bye-bye Thank you all for listening to the Spiritual Chill Pill Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show us a bit of love and support, we would appreciate a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We are also available on many other platforms as Spotify or Stitcher. You can subscribe to that as well. Most importantly, we would appreciate if you contact us on Instagram and share your thoughts. Our Instagram is spiritualchillpill underscore podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time.